allowed fear to set in because their strength, they thought, was based on them. They began to walk by what? Sight and not by faith. If we'd have stayed walking by sight yesterday, James and I would have just gotten off the corner, right, Jude? It was Fulton a week ago, gave out a lot of tracks. I got to give out 10 tracks, and most people don't want to take them from me. I don't know why. I just, I'm not that friendly looking or something. But uh, we were given more one finger salutes yesterday than has been in a long time. And the person who gave James the hardest time on the corner was a woman. And he, before she could drive away, she was there yelling at him from her car. And she started, she was giving him a hard time. And he says, when you end up at the great white throne judgment, standing before Jesus, you're going to remember those words, God bless you, you know. <laughs> but again, so many times, if we had walked by sight and not by faith, where would not we have been? Okay, so I want you to understand, you've got to be very careful because God never wants you to forget who he is. And you need to remember that his strength is made perfect in our weakness. Just about the time you feel weak and you go forward for the Lord, that's the time God can bless. Amen? Numbers 13. And the Lord spake unto Moses saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one, a ruler among them. And then it gives the name all the way down to verse 16, of the different guys who were sent from the tribes. These are the names of the men which Moses sent to spy out the land, and Moses called Oshea the son of Nun, Jehoshua. It's Joshua. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get ye up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwelleth therein, whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they may dwell in, whether it be good or bad, what cities they be that they dwell in, whether in tents or in strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein, or not, and be of good courage, and bring, bring of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the time of the first ripe fruits. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zin to Rahab, as the men have come to Hamath. And they ascended by the south and came to Hebron, where Ahiman, Shishai, Talmai, and the children of Anak were. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Those names I just gave you there are giants, okay? That's Anak. And they came unto the brook of Eshkol and cut down from thence a branch with one cluster of grapes, and they bare it between two on a staff, and they brought of the pomegranates and of the figs. And the place was called the brook Eshkol because a cluster of grapes which the children of Israel cut down from thence, and they returned from searching the land after forty days. And they went and came to Moses and to Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran, to Kadesh, and brought back word unto them and unto all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, we said, we came unto the land whither thou sentest us, and surely it floweth with milk and honey, and this is the fruit of it. So they're saying, look at the blessing of God. This is what God's giving us. 
Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land, and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, and the Hittites, and the Jebusites, and the Amorites dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites dwell by the sea and by the coast of Jordan. And Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men that went up with him said, We be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land which, through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it were men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in of our own sight as grasshoppers, so we were in their sight. You've got to understand. There's a consequence to unbelief. There's also a cause to unbelief. We're to go where God guides. When he says, go ye therefore into all the world, we are to endeavor to do what he says to us. He provides the way. The children refused to listen to the voice of God. They rebelled. Great failure came upon them. We're going to see that. And we see the same thing today. Right now, the statistics I heard this past week is that there is a 30, over a 30% drop in people attending evangelical fundamental churches. And the greatest drop is between 21 in 35, a generation that knows not God. And they're not attending churches that they grew up in. Gee, I wonder if the parents looked at all the stuff that they wanted to give to their children and didn't get them looking at the Lord. Just think about that. Okay? New Testament gives some commentary on this. Hebrews chapter 3 and 4 speaks about what took place with them. This, it's a two-week journey, okay, to enter the promised land when you leave Egypt. And two weeks took 40 years. Some people are slow on the uptake. Amen? See, the Lord told the children of Israel to take the land of Canaan. Go to Leviticus chapter 35. Excuse me, Leviticus Leviticus 25, Mephibosheth. Leviticus 25. Read verse 38 with me. I am the Lord your God, which brought you forth out of the land of Egypt to give you the land of Canaan and to be your God. Who did God give it to? Children of Israel. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 1. If you don't know where that is, it's right after the book we were just in. Deuteronomy chapter 1. Look at verse 21. Behold, the Lord thy God has set the land before thee. Go up 
and possess it, as the Lord God of thy fathers had said unto thee, Fear not, neither be discouraged. Look at verse 26 of the same chapter. Notwithstanding, ye would not go up, but rebelled against the commandment of the Lord. Now go back to our text in Numbers. <coughs> God had told them to go up. He told them they should possess it. He had given it to them, and he would provide the means to possess it. What is one of the things, if you know your Bible, what did God send in ahead of the children of Israel to soften up the people as they went to take the land when the tribes went in? Hornets. See, so many times you can't see what God's going to do because you're looking at what's around you. And that's what the children of Israel did. They saw that the land was good. I mean, I stopped even, I listened to this, Numbers 13 and 14, five times yesterday. Just listened to it. And I just, all I could do in my mind, I started picturing a cluster of grapes that had to be carried on a pole between two people. Do you know what that's like? And God is saying, this is what I want to give you. So many times, you know what we do? We lose sight of what God says He will give us. What God will do for us. And we don't see the blessing coming. You can't visualize it. Because you're walking by sight and not by faith. Faith is the substance of what? The evidence of things not seen. Hebrews 11.1. 1. So you've got to understand that. And... All they had to do was believe and obey God. You need to spend more time looking up and less time looking around. We get discouraged when we look around. If we look around today, we won't go to the street corners. You won't go door to door. You won't witness to the people in the grocery line. You won't witness to the people you work with if you look around. I've had opportunity to lead someone to the Lord that five years before that, they were cursing me out. God brought them to a place where they couldn't find what they needed in this world and they were looking for something different. I have a nephew and his a niece by marriage, my nephew, Corey, He's got an IQ of 170 plus. When it came time when he got saved, at that time I had the choice. Now Pastor Kenny can do it to me. But I had the choice and I said, I don't want to have to deal with somebody who's going to have all these questions and think through this thing in this way. You disciple him. But we'd go back and forth and Corey, I couldn't deal with his knowledge and his logic. I just kept giving him scripture. Kept giving him scripture. And they mocked it for years. Then they got to a point where something was wrong. He and his wife, not in their marriage, but in their home, they were moving. And they came and they wanted to talk to Judy and I because they said, we've watched your family go through so many things and you guys seem to have peace. And we don't have it. I spent four hours witnessing to them. It was the very first time that coming week that Tony Saxton was going to preach for us. He preached in the morning. They were in the first service they'd ever been in this church. It came time for an invitation. Two people in tears ran to the altar. They got saved. 
Today, he's assisting in a Baptist church south of Syracuse. He leads the singing, even though he's legally blind. I don't know how that works. Okay. And he fixes stuff in the church. And his kids are being raised in a way that he didn't have. I say this for this reason. I don't ever ask anybody to do something that I won't do myself. I don't like going to the street corner. I don't. My wife doesn't like going to the street corner. You know why we go? Because we either see people get saved there or we see people come to church that we don't know why they're coming. And it's simply because of seeing God and obeying. And why do you learn? that's the lesson you need to learn today. Do you realize it wasn't God's original plan for them to test him? Do you realize that the 12 spies wasn't God's plan originally? It was come and take the land. I will go with you. And they were afraid. So we'll put out a fleece. And they put it out. And two who could see God saw what was available and ten couldn't. It's an amazing thing that happens there. See, so often we prefer to walk by sight and not by faith. Humble yourselves therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him for he careth for you. That's in the same passage, isn't it? You get it in James and you get it in, in 1 Peter when it's telling you you're fighting against a spiritual enemy. Right? For your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom, whom he may devour. But we're supposed to stand fast. God hasn't changed our marching orders. He hasn't changed it for me and he hasn't changed it for you. He hadn't changed it for Israel. They should have searched their hearts before they sent somebody to search the land. Tonight we're doing communion service, the Lord's table this evening. So let a man examine himself. I'm not, I'm not trying to have you compare you to me or you to anybody else, everyone falls short of Jesus, don't they? But examine yourselves and see what God needs to change so you can see him better. Because God hasn't changed. You need to be able to see him. So God permits Moses to send out one person from each of the tribes. How many tribes were they? Okay, now they wanted to see what? They were going to look at the promised land. It was promised them. Our Savior was promised the what? He was going to be given the heathen for an inheritance. And we're commanded to go. It was the promised land. Look at Exodus chapter 3. Exodus 3, verse 7. 
And the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people which are in Egypt and have heard their cry by reason of their taskmasters, and I know their sorrows. And I am come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land unto a good land in a large, a land flowing with milk and honey unto the place of the... He already told them who they were going against, didn't he? A place of the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, Hivites and the Jebusites. He told me he was going to send them there. That's why he, he told Moses this. He's saying it's a promised land. It's a place that flows with milk and honey. I wonder how many times we lose a blessing because we don't see God through the eyes of faith and go forward. They wanted to see the promised land. It was promised to them. They searched out the land for 40 days. I wonder if they would have been better to search their hearts for 40 days. See if there be any wicked way in me. So 40, as we said last week, in the Bible is the number of testing. Do you know my wife finally had to say that she was 40 when A.J. turned 31. <laughs> she kept telling everybody she was 39 and holding. And he goes, Mom, you can't be nine years old when I was born. It's embarrassing. Please. <laughs> she was being tested. It gets hard because being married to me ages you faster than what the normal age is. During that 40 days, they were being tested to see if they really be, believed what God had told them. They brought back some fruit, didn't they? But it didn't last in their hearts. So many times, you know the lesson you learn from Israel is you start looking at God's blessing, the God's provision, and you don't quit looking at God. Quit seeing him. Jesus said, if I, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men. So it's not his problem, it's my problem. I'm not lifting him up enough. They brought back some fruit, but it didn't last, okay? Go to John chapter 15 and Matthew 13. John 15. This is Jesus' passage talking about the vine and the branches. These things, verse 11, I have spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment, that ye love one another even as I have loved you. Sometimes Christians don't love each other. Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. Ye are my friends if you do whatsoever I... Gee, love is tied to obedience? 
Henceforth I call you not servants, for the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father I have made known unto you. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you that ye should go forth and bring what? Bring forth fruit, and that your fruit should remain, and that whatsoever ye shall ask the Father in my name, he may give it you. Now go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Hear therefore, verse 18, the parable of the sower. When anyone heareth the word of the kingdom and understandeth it not, then cometh the wicked one and catcheth away that which was sown in his heart. This is he which received the seed by the wayside. But he that received the seed in the stony place is the same as he that heareth the word and anon with joy receiveth it. Yet he hath not root in himself, but dureth for a while, for the tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, and by and by he is offended. He also that received the seed among thorns is he that heareth the word, and care, the care of this world, and deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he become what? Unfruitful. The fruit didn't remain, because one... Understand this. You're going to serve the Lord? Yea, and all those that live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer. But the trial of your faith being found more precious than gold that perisheth, though be tried in the fire. When that hard thing comes, when that bad thing, according to what it seems like, is happening, is it happening because you did right? I was helping a person yesterday called, Pastor, can you pray? And I said, I'll pray. Went and met with him. And he said, I tried witnessing yesterday. Uh, it didn't go well. I was trying to tell him about the Lord and, and then up to, became, got attacked. He was working and he had, had to, to ease up with it. He says, that, you know, they just weren't going to hear it. And I come home and everything fell apart. It's just a mess. Can you pray with me? And I looked at him and I said, you got a blessing coming because you spoke for the Savior and the enemy didn't like it. So you came under attack. That doesn't mean you've done something wrong. That means that we have an adversary that you don't see. But he does work through people that you do see. And they make you afraid. The lesson of Israel is, they didn't listen to what God promised them. They didn't look to him to fulfill the promise. They looked about. You know why we get in trouble? You know the way I get in trouble? Someone does something, I get angry, and then I react. My wife is continually saying to me, James, you're better than that. Okay? My reaction to having people come at me is to go at them. That doesn't win people to Christ. I've got to learn to respond biblically by being obedient to what he said. Israel struggled with that. They brought back some fruit, but it didn't last. It didn't change their hearts. It scared them. In Numbers 13 again, you know, fear is a great motivator. 
had a conversation, Pastor Ken and I were talking about the passage, and if you want to know what we were saying, ask him. It was a, knowing the terror of the Lord, I persuade men. Is that terror of what he's going, what's going to happen to men who don't know Christ? Or is it terror for being disobedient to the one I'm supposed to serve? Fear is a great motivator. But you know what's a greater motivator than fear? Love. Perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. They were afraid. They came back with fruit, and they gave an evil report. Verse 32, And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched to the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have searched it is the land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof, and all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. God told him he was sending him into the land of the Amorites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the Canaanites. And oh, by the way, go certain places, and the sons of Anak are there too. He says, but I've given it to you. And they come back and go, we can't take it, because you know who's there? The Hivites, and the Jebusites, and the Canaanites, and those those giants, Anak. We can't take it. No, you can't. But I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. So, they saw that the fruit was there, and God was right. Nevertheless, the people were too strong. We used to have an evangelist who comes in. I don't know if Dan Andre is still ministering. He's still alive. He had a lot of health problems. But I can remember him standing up before us in the other building. and He was very musically talented, and he was also a chalk draw artist. People who had been in the church a long time realized many of them have some of those chalk drawings in their homes. We gave them away for awards as people who brought the most visitors. And they'd get framed. They were beautiful. you put them under glass. And he'd sing a song called, Excuses, excuses, we hear them every day. Right? Why couldn't you do? How many of you, this is an adult Sunday school class, how many of you had a child tell you something you know was just what? Because they got what? Distracted or afraid? They took their eyes off the task they were given, not realizing that their parent could help them finish it and go through with it. They're any different than me. I take the eyes off my Heavenly Father. So the people are stronger. They are even giants. We are like grasshoppers in their sight. (laughs) You can tell I'm a child of television era. Every time I hear grasshopper, I think of Kung Fu. Grasshopper. If you don't know what that is, I'm old. It says the cities are walled. It eats up the people. They forgot what? Turn to Exodus chapter 15. We're coming back to Numbers. But go to Exodus 15. Exodus 15. Verse 14. 
The people shall hear and be afraid. Sorrow shall take hold of the inhabitants of Palestina. Palestina. Then the dukes of Edom shall be amazed. The mighty men of Moab, trembling, shall take hold upon them. All the inhabitants of Canaan shall melt away. Fear and dread shall fall upon them. By the greatness of thine arm, they shall be as still as a stone. Till thy people pass over, O Lord, till thy people pass over, which thou hast purchased. Thou shalt bring them in and plant them in the mountain of thine inheritance, in the, in the place, O Lord, which thou hast made for thee to dwell in, in the sanctuary, O Lord, which thy hands have established. The Lord shall reign. What was that that I was just reading to you? Look at verse 1. Then sang Moses and the children of Israel this song unto the Lord, and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he hath triumphed gloriously. The horse and the rider hath been thrown into the sea. And it goes on that whole passage. That was a song of victory that they sang on the shore of the other side before they made a 14-day journey. Be not drunk with wine wherein is in excess, but be ye filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making what? Mike and I, I'm helping work on his house. Okay, We are so much alike, it drives us crazy. Mike could be working with his son and it could be quiet. I walk into the the house to help him work, and he turns on Christian music. It's always him. No, every time I go in, because he goes, Dad, I think we need this. Maybe they should have been singing their song of victory when they wanted to go into the land. We lose sight of what God has brought us through. How many of you got in trouble because you forgot what God saved you out of? Don't raise your hand. Okay, you forgot what God saved you out of. They forgot their victory. Their eyes were on the obstacles and not on God. Now what did they do? Go back to Numbers. We read chapter 13. We won't read all the verses. We won't read all the 14, but I'm going to look at some verses. Okay, Numbers 14 and verse 15. Numbers 14. Excuse me, Numbers 14, verses 1 through 5. I can't read my own writing. And all the congregation lifted up their voice and cried, and the people wept that night. And all the children of Israel murmured against Moses, against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would God that we had died in the land of Egypt, or would God we had died in this wilderness? And wherefore hath God brought us up into, the, into this land, to fall by the sword, that our wives and our children should be a prey? Were it not better for us to return unto Egypt? And they said one to another, Let us make a captain, and let us return to, unto Egypt. And Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. Ten spies. You know the kids' song, and ten were bad and two were good? Do you ever notice how we have a tendency to dwell on the negative more than the positive? They got discouraged. 
They discouraged the people because unbelief in what God can do sees obstacles. Belief sees opportunities. Thirteen and verse thirty, and Caleb stilled the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are what? Well able to overcome it. Caleb had not lost sight. You know, it's not that long ago he was holding up somebody's arms. Right? So the children of Israel could cross. He knew God could do it. Caleb had the right attitude. He knew they were able because he had faith in God. People get tired of hearing Pastor Kenny and I say, have you read your Bible? What sort of things are written aforetime or written for our learning that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope? Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing what? The word of truth. It's truth. So they got stuck in the wilderness. The people became so discouraged that you see that they cried. Verse 1 of chapter 14. They wished that God had let them die in the wilderness. Oh, that's too hard. We can't make it. I can't. I can't. I can't. I'm afraid. I'm afraid. We can't. Sound like a little kid? How many times do we do that? When my father taught me to swim, used the illustration before, he picked me up and threw me off the dock as a four-year-old. I went down, came up, coughing, sputtering, and then I felt his arms underneath me. I never even knew that he jumped in to be right beside me. And his arms went underneath me, and he said, okay, I got you, and I'll paddle like a dog. You watch the dog swim, do the same. He's just trying to drown-proof us. I learned to swim. By the end of that week, I was diving off the dock. He taught me to do the breaststroke, the Australian crawl. I could do the scissors kick, the frog kick. But you know, I never would have learned to do any of that in that week if I hadn't been forced to get in deep water. They were afraid. Verses 6 through 10 of chapter 14, you'll find Joshua and Caleb tried to encourage them not to rebel and to conquer their fear. Right? And Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of Jephunneh, which were of them that searched the land, rent their clothes. The two that had come back and saw God's possibilities. And they spake unto all the company of the children of Israel, saying, The land which we pass through to search it is an exceeding good land. If the Lord delight in us, he will bring us into this land and give it us, in the land which floweth with milk and honey. Only rebel not ye against the Lord, neither fear ye the people of the land, for they are bred for us. Their defense is departed from them, and the Lord is with us. Fear them not. Gee, they remembered the song of victory from Exodus, didn't they? But all the congregation bade stone them with stones, and the glory of the Lord appeared in the tabernacle of the congregation before all the children of Israel. What did they do? 
they tried to encourage them. They tell them, don't let fear get you. Believers have less excuses for fear than the lost do. For God hath not given us the, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Either you can believe what God says, or you can give in to what you see with your physical eyes. They got so upset, they wanted to stone him. Look at verse 11 of chapter 14. And the Lord said unto Moses, How long this people provoke me, and how long will it be ere they believe me not? Believe me, will it be ere they believe me for the signs which I have shown them among have shown among them? What had he already done? I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them, and will make thee a greater nation and mightier than they. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it, for thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. He doesn't want them to hear the fact that the, you know what the world will do when they see a Christian be afraid? See, they're no different than us. It doesn't mean anything to them. He tells Moses a plan. We'll start over. I'll give you, you and your family, those who have been faithful to me, I'll give you a new nation. God can get very discouraged with his people. Sometimes I look at America and the opportunity we've had. Sent out more missionaries. Now we've become a place that needs missionaries. God can get discouraged with us. You ever get discouraged with your children? You don't stop loving them. If your heart's right, you don't stop teaching them. You continue to reach in love, right? There's probably not a mother in here at some point or another had looked at their children and then looked at their husband and said, you did this to me. That's just the way that works, okay? Moses had the heart of a true shepherd, and he, what did he do? He pled on their behalf. I honestly think God knew he was just testing Moses to see if Moses could be the leader. You don't have to agree with me on that. God got frustrated with him, and God got angry. But God is always good, and God is always right. And God is the definition of long-suffering mercy and grace. That's what Moses appealed to. Look at verse 13, chapter 14. And they will, look at verse 14, And they will tell it to the inhabitants of this land, for they have heard that the, thou, Lord, art among the people of the Lord, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and the cloud standeth over them, and that, the, they goest, that thou goest before them by day, time and a pillar of a cloud, and a pillar of fire by night. Now if thou shalt kill all the people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. Now I beseech, you, beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, as thou hast spoken. The Lord is what? Long-suffering. And of great what? Doing what? Iniquity and transgression. 
and by no means clearing the guilty, and visiting iniquity of the fathers upon the children of the third and fourth generation. Stay here, but go to Exodus 34. Put a finger here, go to Exodus 34. Moses goes back up on the mount the second time. Verse 4, And he hewed two tables of stone like unto the first. Moses rose up early in the morning and went up into the Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand the two tables of stone. And the Lord descended in the cloud and stood with him there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by before him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, what? What does he want you to know he is? Gracious. What's that next word? Long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, keeping mercy for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin that by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and children's children of the third and fourth generation. It's a quote from Exodus 34 telling you the attributes and the nature of God. Isn't it? He's long-suffering. We lose sight of that. We get upset because God doesn't move the way we want him to move and how fast we want him to move. They had to make a step of faith and God would go with them. They weren't willing to do that. It always cost more the second time around. You have something greater than the children of Israel had because it says, and by no means clearing the guilty, guess what Jesus Christ did for me? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. I'm giving you scripture. If you, we won't read it, verses 22 through 39, but God forgave their sin, but the sin reaped a bitter consequences. They saw God's glory and the miracles over the past couple of years, but they didn't listen to his voice. They tempted God. Look at verse 22. How many times? Because all those men which have seen my glory and my miracles, which they did in Egypt in the wilderness, and have tempted me, now what? Ten times have not hearkened unto my voice. Ten times. Times. Because of that, everyone 20 years old and above, look at verse 29, chapter 14. Your carcasses shall fall in this, in this wilderness, and all that were numbered of you, according to your whole number, from 20 years old and upward, which you have murmured against me. Doubtless ye shall not come into the land concerning which I swear to make you to dwell therein, save Caleb the son of Jephunneh and Joshua the son of Nun. But your little ones, which ye said should be a prey, them will I bring in, and they shall know the land which ye have despised. But as for you, your carcasses shall fall in this wilderness. They're going to die off. Caleb and Joshua were excused. Why? Because they never lost the song of victory, never took their eyes off of the one who was going to give them the victory. 
It wasn't the land that was important. It was the God that they were to follow. Look at chapter 14, verses 36 and 37. Ten were bad and two were good. In the men which Moses sent to search the land, who returned and made all the congregation to murmur against him by bringing up a slander upon the land, even those men that did bring up an evil report of the land did what? They never even got to go the 40 years. They died what? By a plague. Why is that interesting? Look at verse 2 of chapter 14 again. And the children of Israel murmured against Moses and against Aaron, and the whole congregation said unto them, Would to God, would God that we had what? In the land of Egypt, or would what? Died in this wilderness. Well, guess what? God gave them their request. Sometimes be careful what you ask for. Especially when you're hurting and you're afraid and you're upset. Verse 40 of chapter 14. And they rose up early in the morning and got them up into the top of the mountain saying, Lo, here we be, he, lo, we be here. They refused to do what God said, so God says, this is what's going to happen. Obey me. And they go, whoops. Right? And go up unto this place which the Lord hath promised, for I have sinned. I'm sorry, Daddy. I'm sorry. I'll do it. I promise. I'll do it. I promise. Please, I promise. No, it's too late. It's already been done. Uh, but, 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 but. And Moses said, Wherefore do ye now transgress the commandment of the Lord, but it, it shall not prosper? Go not up, for the Lord is not among you, that ye be not smitten before your enemies. For the Amalekites and the Canaanites are there before you, and ye shall fall by the sword, because ye turned away from the Lord. Therefore the Lord will not be with you. But they presumed to go up into the hilltop. Nevertheless, the ark of the covenant of the Lord and Moses departed not out of the camp. Then the Amalekites came down and the Canaanites, which dwelt in the hill, and smote them and discomfited them even unto Hormah. It was too late. Too late. They mourned, they confessed their sin, and acted upon God's promise, but it was too late. I don't know that timetable. God does. Obey early. Obey early. I don't know when it will be too late. Moses told them not to go. The Lord would not go with them. And guess what? They went in their own strength against what God said. See, we're supposed to go when God tells us to go. And we're supposed to stay when God tells us to Stay. They were defeated. You know what would have been better? Sometimes when you can't see it, sometimes it's better to wander in the wilderness in obedience to God than to fight a battle out of the will of God. Sometimes you wait when you don't obey because God's now going to test you and try you and prepare you so that then maybe you will learn to trust him. So then you can go with his strength. I've known too many Christians who've gotten to the place where they not only grieve the Holy Spirit of God, but they quench the Spirit in their life in the fact that they cannot hear him any longer. 
that ought not to be what is said of us. Amen? What sort of things were written aforetime? We're written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Don't doubt in the darkness what God has shown you in the light. God will speak to you through His Word and will lead you when you look to Him. And all God's people said, Amen. Take a break.